Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers, welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. And today's goal we're going to try to achieve is about love. Love, love, love. We got Valentine's Day covered up in a couple of weeks, which is what kind of made me think that, you know, love is a big part of my life. And I'm sure it's a big part of your life too. So I wanted to talk about it. Let's chat about love. And yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up, but it's not the romantic love that I'm going to talk about. In fact, I'm going to talk about unconditional love. And how that shows up in a few different areas of our lives and how we can amplify it, how we can have more of it, or even just be present to the love that is already there waiting for us to experience it and feel it. And um, yeah, so we're talking about loving yourself, loving people, and loving your life unconditionally. So each of those elements unconditionally. How do you love yourself unconditionally? How do you love people unconditionally? And how do you love your life? unconditionally? How do you love every day you wake up excited? You wake up feeling good, feeling in love with yourself, the people around you and your life, which is very different than a lot of people wake up and take on their day. A lot of people don't love themselves, right? They are very unhappy with themselves. They're very hard on themselves. I know I'm guilty of that all the time. I'm pretty hard on myself. Uh, So this is everything I'm going to share with you today. This is stuff that I'm always working on. But it's love has really become a very much a foundation of my life and how I experience life. It's there's really two lenses, if you will. One is love and one is gratitude, which is like love's sister or brother or cousin or something, right? But through love and gratitude. And that's how I try to view every experience of life, every interaction with every person in my life. And what I've been working on for the last couple of years, ever since I was diagnosed with cancer, is really self-love and really amplifying my self-love. And it went from being really awkward to tell myself I love myself, which it usually is for most people when they start, to where now I have conversations in the mirror with myself that are really uplifting. I talk to myself like I would talk to somebody that I love, right? You know, my child or my wife. And I try to talk to myself with the same empathy and compassion and love instead of being hard on myself and beating myself up. By the way, this is Hal Elrod, in case uh, (laughs) uh, you weren't sure about that. I don't think I officially introduced myself yet. But uh, welcome. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm excited. It's kind of a riff. It's kind of a riff on love. I've got some notes here that I took. And uh, let's talk about, first and foremost, loving yourself unconditionally. So loving yourself unconditionally, or also known as self love begins as a mindset. And before I forget, I do want to mention one of the best, shortest books, right? So I know you like both of those, right? Best and shortest, right? Those go together nicely. One of the best and shortest books on self-love is called Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. Go to Amazon or whatever your favorite retailer is and uh, check that out. Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. You can read it in an hour, I think, maybe less. And uh, it's a really, really good book. And I read that probably two years ago. But loving yourself unconditionally begins as a mindset, right? It's a mindset. It's a decision. 
affirmations for everything I'm going to share with you today are very helpful because our memories are pretty short, right? I know at least mine is. We tend to forget, you know, we make a decision or have an awareness or a realization or we hear something that could be life changing or we read something that could be life changing. And then we go back into our everyday life and we totally forget about it, right? And then maybe you come across it again like a year later or six months later or six years later and you go, Oh, I forgot. I totally forgot about that. I have not been living that, right? And I, I always say, it's not what you learn that matters. It's what you live, right? And the way to live something is to put it in the form of an affirmation that you're going to read every single day over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes so ingrained in your consciousness that it becomes part of who you are. So I'd encourage you to, for everything we talked about today, jot down a few notes or a few affirmations around this, that would be helpful. And that way it can become ingrained in you. And uh, yeah, so self-love, let's start there. Self-love starts as a mindset and it's about telling yourself that you love yourself. And here's a great exercise for you to do. So I've got an affirmation specifically for self-love and it starts out with this graphic that I found on willowing.org. I think, I don't know if someone sent it to me or I found it on Google Images or whatever but it's guidelines for self-love. I'm going to rattle these off for you. It says, it's okay to say no. You are worthy. You matter. Joy is your birthright. Let go of perfectionism. Follow your dreams. Get a good therapist. Embrace your imperfections. Your uniqueness makes you wonderful. Feel your feelings with compassion. Heal your inner critic. You are loved. You are in charge of your life. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be wildly happy. You are always beautiful. Create time for just you. Sleep. Go slow. Notice. Forgive yourself. I'll say that one again. Forgive yourself. Be kind and gentle with yourself. Your light is big. Shine your light. Relax more. Work less. Own your strength. You are mighty. Again, those are guidelines for self-love from willow.org. Here's the exercise though. So I have this affirmation. It's called self-love reminders. That's just what I called it. And when I first wrote it, I wrote myself this little note. It says, write out an accurate slash positively focused assessment of me as a person designed to highlight my strengths and reinforce healthy self-esteem, right? So that was where I started. That was the foundation. That was the intention behind this exercise. And I simply wrote, I am dot, dot, dot. And then I created all these affirmations kind of off the top of my head. I've added to them over the years. I've evolved. The affirmations, it says, I am enough just as I am. I don't need to do anything to make myself worthy of love. I am a generous, selfless, spiritual being who consistently gives to and adds value for others. I donate money. I give advice. I give support. And I do so without expecting anything in return. I am and have always strived. So I won't read you all of these, but I went on and on and on. And I went through my past. Like this next one says, I am and have always strived to live to my full potential. And I've always worked hard to create extraordinary results and followed through with achieving my most important goals. And then I list all these goals that I achieved at 15 years old and 18 years old and 19 years old and 20 years old and 
not just goals, but adversity that I overcame, right? And I went on and on and on to talk about, um, I wrote this one, I am in someone who lives in alignment with my values of integrity, selflessness, health, gratitude, etc. Right? So I went on and on and on. So here's the point. The exercise for you is to create some I am affirmations. And these aren't I am and then followed by wishful thinking, right? You're not saying I am a millionaire. I am, you know, a world famous, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is I am and you're reinforcing who you are based on evidence, based on how you've shown up, based on what you've overcome, based on what you've accomplished and go through your life, right? Go through it year by year if you want or, you know, different periods of your life and just create this positive affirmation that reinforces your self-love. All of the wonderful things about you because here's what we tend to focus on, right? In the Miracle Morning book, I called it gap focus. There's this weird natural tendency. It's unfortunate that it's so natural, but for human beings, right, to compare themselves with where they think they could be or should be or other people are, don't we do that? We look at others and go, oh man, I wish I had their life. I wish I was more like them. I'm so jealous of them. Look at what they've got. Why don't I have that way, right? Or we look at the gap between where we are and where we thought we'd be at this point in our life. Like, oh my gosh, why am I not where I thought I would be? And I'm so lazy and I'm, I let myself down and we beat ourselves up. And self-love, again, think about this. It's the perspective of if you were talking to your friend or significant other or stranger, the way that you talk to yourself, how would they feel, right? They probably wouldn't want to be around you if you talk to them, if you verbally bashed them for all the things they did wrong. And that's what we do to ourselves. We verbally bash ourselves in our head, usually not even out loud, just in our head over all of our mistakes and all of our screw ups. And think about it. You've heard this before. What you focus on expands. And if you focus on all of the things that you've done wrong, the mistakes that you've made, where you feel bad or where you've fallen short, then that becomes your reality. And most of us don't feel great about ourselves. Most of us don't look in the mirror and then smile big and say, I love you, buddy, or I love you, fill in your name, right? And that's what I've started to do. I've done it for the last couple of years. And again, at first, it's really awkward. You know, it feels weird. You're like, I love you. Uh, 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 right? it's, it's almost like telling someone for the first time that you love them and you're like, I hope they love me back, right? You're kind of hoping you love yourself back, you know? So it's, it's kind of weird. But here's the thing. Why would that be weird? Why should that be weird? It's healthy to love yourself in the same way it's healthy to love your friends, your family, your spouse, your children, right? That's healthy to love them. It's healthy to regularly express that love. And it's arguably the most healthy or the most important or the most consequential to love yourself, to express that love to yourself and for it to be unconditional. You know, there's nothing you need to do to be worthy of love, especially from yourself. And the last thing I'll say on that. So if loving yourself unconditionally, aka self-love begins as a mindset, it's carried out in your actions. And when I say your actions, self-love is really carried out through self-care, right? Through self-care. 
And looking in the mirror, by the way, or just talking positively to yourself, whether it's looking in the mirror or you're just reading your affirmations, that's an act of self-care that fosters self-love. Exercising, eating right, right? Taking care of your physical body, meditating, praying, taking care of your spiritual self, right? All of these components, anything that you do that is positive for your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, and your spiritual well-being, that is self-care. And that amplifies your self-love. Think about it. Don't you feel good about yourself when you do the right thing, right? When you go work out or when you eat right, or when you go and spend some time doing an activity like one of your favorite hobbies, something that you love, don't you feel good about yourself? I don't know about you, but I, you know, I enjoy watching Netflix, but I don't necessarily end a Netflix series feeling really good about myself, right? Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't, I don't beat myself up because I watch a Netflix series. Now, if I watch the entire series from start to finish and it takes me like 18 hours, I, I might be a little bit down on myself, right? You ever been there with your Netflix binge? But I don't feel great necessarily after Netflix because, you know, that's not necessarily the ideal self care. Again, nothing wrong with it unless you do it too much. But the point is ultimately investing time in your self care is how you increase self love. And as I mentioned, it's anything that enhances your physical, mental, spiritual and emotional well being is self care. When you do those things, you enhance, you amplify the self-love that you have for yourself. But in the most direct way, I would create that document. That's your assignment for today, right? Create that document, that affirmation, where you just simply remind yourself of all that you've overcome in your life, all that you've done and accomplished in your life, no matter how you know minute or seemingly small or insignificant, right? Give yourself credit where credit is due. Give yourself credit where credit is due. Love yourself unconditionally. The second element of love, of unconditional love that we're going to talk about is people. Love people unconditionally. And in the same way that loving yourself unconditionally begins as a mindset, loving people unconditionally also begins as a mindset. The mindset for me is one of empathy and of non-judgment. And this is a topic that I'm so passionate about. I actually did an entire podcast about how we need to stop judging People, if you go to halelrod.com forward slash podcast and you search stop judging people, I think that will bring that episode up if you want to listen to the whole episode. But I will touch today on kind of the general concept from that. And it's this idea that we as human beings, another thing that we tend to do kind of naturally, right? When it comes to loving ourselves unconditionally, we tend to have a hard time with it because we focus on the gap between where we are and where we want to be, who we are and who we think we could be or should be or other people are and where they are and how they are. And we focus on that gap and we amplify that gap. We focus on our mistakes, right? Well, in the same way that we do that with other people, we tend to focus on their gap. We focus on the gap between where they are and where we think they should be, right? The gap between how they show up and our expectations for how we think that they should show up. And we do that with everybody. We do it with, with strangers on the highway, right? That person cuts you off. That defies one of your expectations. Now you're upset at that person, right? We do it more often with the people that are closest to us, with our loved ones, 
I mean, why do you get in arguments? Because somebody does something that defies one of your expectations and you go, hey, hey, you shouldn't have done that. Says who, right? So we tend to do that. We tend to judge other people. And what I've found, and you might find this as well, is that loving people unconditionally is just a better way to live. Where when you can look at every, and I'm not just talking about your loved ones. I'm talking about strangers. I'm talking about your enemies. I'm talking about everyone on the planet, if you can love all people unconditionally, then all of a sudden, any animosity that you have towards other people, it's gone. And you no longer have the experience in your life, in your being of animosity. Any resentment that you've held toward another person, when you shift to a perspective of unconditional love for all people, all that resentment falls away. There is nothing to resent. And for me, I mentioned that loving people unconditionally begins as a mindset of empathy and non-judgment. And here's the single perspective that allowed me to stop judging all people. And when I say judging, I mean condemning. I think that's probably a more accurate word, right? Because, you know, it's healthy to judge people in a healthy way. Here's what I mean. If you're considering hiring an employee, right? You need to assess that employee. You need to judge them based on their merit, their work ethic, et cetera. So you do need to judge or assess. Maybe that's a better word, right? You need to assess other people. You know, if somebody is in your life that's maybe a friend or somebody you spend time with, if they have wronged you, if they detract value from your life instead of adding it, if they cause you a lot of pain or stress, right? You need to make some judgments about that. You need to assess whether that person is someone you want to have in your life or at least to the degree that you want to spend time with that person, right? So there is a healthy judgment and I would call it assessment, assessing people in your life. But then the unhealthy side of judgment is condemnation. It's condemning other people. And the way we do that is there's a lot of ways it shows up, but one is, you know, that person is bad. What they did is bad. It is wrong right? And we usually look at our own frame of reference based on our life experience and go, I would never do that. That's horrible. Well, based on your life experience and your influences in your life, you would never do that, right? Because your value system is that it's wrong. But so I'm kind of going off, or I guess I'm setting the context here. I mentioned earlier, there's one perspective that changed it all for me and allowed me to stop judging slash condemning people and to truly, sincerely love all people unconditionally was transformed my life because I let go of all my resentment, any hatred I had, any condemnation, any, any negative feelings at all toward other people. They just disappeared, right? And here was that one perspective. If I had lived another person's life, there's a very good chance I'd be exactly the same as that person. Think about that. Someone else that you judge, that you condemn as being wrong, You think I can imagine they're a terrible person, right? You can take someone even from afar, like someone famous, like a political figure or your enemy, right? Or whatever. And it's easy to judge, but you go, well, if you had lived their life, there's a very good chance you'd be exactly the same. You'd make the exact same decisions. If you had grown up with their parents and their friends and their influences, and I'll use, you know, kind of an extreme example. Let's say a gang member, right? Or, or even a murderer. Okay. So we'll, go pretty extreme. Now, my frame of reference is murder is 
that's very black and white. That's terrible. It's horrific. It's something that I would never do and I think is wrong. Taking someone's life, it's terrible. However, imagine if you had grown up as that person that murdered someone else. And again, I know I'm extreme and there might be some people's skin crawling a little bit here. So I apologize if that's the case. But if you had grown up around violence, you know, especially, you know, using the gang example, right? If all of your friends killed other people, and I know not all gangs kill people. So, but I'm using that as the example here. There's a very good chance that you might, you know, if you'd become numb to it, if also you had been in a grown up in a way where it was normal, right? It was something you had to, it was basically kill or be killed. If you grew up in that environment, then there's a very good chance that you might have taken similar actions or the same actions as someone else. You know, if you grew up with great parents and a healthy environment and you didn't see killing or violence around you, yeah, of course, that wouldn't even cross your mind. You would never do that. But if you had lived that person's life, you might have made the exact same decision. And so for me, that perspective, that if we had lived the person's life who we are judging, who we are condemning, we might have made the exact same decisions as them, lived the same life, taken the same actions, followed the same path. That was the perspective that allowed me to stop judging or condemning all people and to love all people unconditionally. And now, if someone does something that I think is terrible or horrific or you know, I couldn't imagine doing, I don't condemn that person anymore. I love that person. I've traded in judgment and condemnation for empathy and unconditional love, right? So I'd encourage you to consider that. And like I said, what's in it for you is that it allows you to release all of the negative feelings that you have toward other people. And here's the deal. For so many of us hold resentment toward other people that have wronged us. And guess who suffers from that resentment? It's not the person that wronged you. It's you. The person that wronged you right now, they may have their own feelings of guilt or for doing what they did to you. You know, I don't, I don't, right? We don't know. So they may be suffering too. But if you are condemning them, if you are resenting them, you are suffering the emotion of resentment, of hatred, of condemnation. Those are not positive, healthy, productive, constructive emotions, right? Those are destructive emotions. Those are painful emotions. Those cause stress. And so realize that by forgiving everyone that's ever wronged you, by coming from a place of unconditional love, forgiveness, and non-judgment, you're giving yourself the gift of freedom from those negative painful emotions. And if you want to go as far as to reach out to that person and let them know, hey, you know, you can let them know whatever, as much as or as little as you want. You can just say, hey, I, I want you to know that I forgive you over this thing. Or you could tell them as far as, hey, I've held onto this resentment and I realize, you know what, in your situation, in fact, try to put yourself in their shoes. That's part of this whole, if I had lived their life, I might've done the same thing. Put yourself in their shoes. And, you know, one example of this from my own life is the drunk driver that hit me, right? When I was 20 years old, I was hit head on by a drunk driver. I died for six minutes. You probably know the story, right? In a coma for six days, broke 11 bones, woke up and was told I would never walk again. And I took my first step, you know, and learned to walk. And then I went to the trial for the drunk driver. And, you know, I had a cane and I made my way in and my parents were with me. And my parents asked me because they were going to speak on my behalf because my brain damage, I had trouble 
just formulating sentences at that point. It was right after the car accident, which is a couple months later. And my parents asked me, you know, we can speak on your behalf, Hal. What do you want us to say? And I said, look, I hold no resentment toward the drunk driver. He didn't try to hurt me. He made a poor decision. He drank alcohol and he drove, but I don't hate him. I don't condemn him. I don't, you know, he just, he made a bad decision, right? And yeah, I almost lost my life as a result. But again, that wasn't his intention. At least I don't think it was. I, you know, I don't know. But had I lived his life, I might have done the same thing. If I had lived his life with his parents, his influences, I might have gone to the bar that night, had a couple beers, and then jumped on the road to drive home to my family, which he did, right? I might have done the exact same thing. So who am I to judge him? Who am I to judge him? Because my life experience, I wouldn't have done that. Because of my life experience, I wouldn't have done that, right? He didn't have my life experience. He had his. And so I, you know, forgiven him and we asked for a sentence that was much lighter than the judge wanted to give him. And the judge gave him the maximum sentence anyway. But that's an example of, you know, I know someone who was also in an accident hit by a drunk driver and she hates that person. And she, uh, like, she has so much animosity and anger toward that person. And it happened, I'm not even sure how many years ago, but it was like, I don't know, many years ago. And she's, think about every, the memory of that person that hit her car, that causes her to feel so much anger and hatred toward that person. And I've literally seen her post on Facebook on her anniversary of the drunk driving accident that I've literally heard her say, I hope you burn in hell. And again, he's not suffering because of her resentment. She's suffering. So I encourage you consider how that applies to your life, what people in your life you hold resentment toward. And it could even be just on the freeway. Again, when you see a stranger and they cut you off, right? Don't get angry. Just go, you know what? If I was living their life, they might be having a really tough day. They might be running late for the most important meeting in their life. They might have not noticed that I was here and they cut me. Whatever, right? Whatever, whatever. There's no need to condemn or resent that person. So, and the last thing I'll say on this is loving people unconditionally is also carried out through your actions. And for me, it's about actively adding value and selflessly adding value to the lives of every person in my life. And so I'd encourage you, approach your life and your relationships through the lens of the question, how can I add value to this person's life? Or how can I help to bring out the best version of this person? And one simple way to do that is simply to speak life into people. Realize that as powerful as affirmations are for ourselves, what you say to other people, right, that is an affirmation. And so for me, I really try to be the most positive person I possibly can. No blowing smoke, no lying to people, right? But I try to, I look hard into people to see the best in them, right? To see the best in them. And then I speak the best to them. I express how much I appreciate them. And again, I'm not, this is, I'm not sorry, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here or anything, but I would invite you and encourage you. And if you need an affirmation to remind you to do this, right? But to speak life into people. It's with all people. This is unconditional, right? So with my wife, I'm always praising her for all the amazing things that she does. And if she does something that isn't amazing, I try to not condemn her for it. I see where she's coming from and then have a conversation based on empathy, right? And based on unconditional love versus based on, you know, being annoyed or not having my expectation met or, or whatever. So loving people unconditionally starts with a mindset of non-judgment because you realize that if you had lived another person's life, you might be exactly the same. And then you carry it out even further 
by looking at how can I bring out the best in every person in my life? How can I add value to every person in my life? And to me, unconditional love, right? It's not just a mindset. The action is really important because otherwise, the unconditional love that you have just stays bottled up and people don't get to experience it. They don't get to benefit it, right? But express it. Let people know you love them. And you know, you may know that, right? If you listen to the podcast, I end every episode by letting you know how much I love and appreciate you. And that comes from a place of unconditional love. The fact that you're taking time to listen to this podcast, to my voice, right? Like I don't take that for granted. That's huge. Your time is so valuable. You could be doing anything right now, listening to another podcast. There's a million things you could do. The fact that you take the time to listen to me, like that's a huge honor. I don't take that lightly. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'll probably tell you again at the end of the episode. And then last but not least, love your life unconditionally. Love your life unconditionally. So again, love yourself, love people, and love your life unconditionally. Now, loving your life begins, once again, as a mindset. And here's the way that I like to look at this. In life, we have two pages to focus on. So this is like my visual, right? So imagine, in fact, you can use your hands, like hold both of your hands up about 20 inches away from your face and face your palms towards you. And imagine that each of the, that you're kind of, you're holding a page, however you want. It could be a scroll. It could be, imagine that the writings on your hand, or imagine you're holding two iPads, right? Like in each hand, if you want to, you know, have a modern twist on this. But imagine that in the palm of your hands, right? You got both hands in the air facing you. Imagine that you have two pages to focus on. One page, we'll say it's in your left hand. Look at your left hand. One page lists everything that you have to love about yourself, about your life, right? Everything positive, everything that you feel good about when it comes to your life. That's all in your left hand. And then in your right hand, look over at your right hand, there's a list of everything negative in your life, right? That gap that we talked about earlier, all of the people that have wronged you, all of the mistakes that you've made, like that's it's a long list. You've screwed up a ton, right? We all have. You know, and there's all sorts of things we don't like about ourselves, you know, it could be physical flaws, which by the way, goes back to unconditional love. In fact, without getting too weird, here's a quick tangent. I'm going to circle back to unconditional love. I started looking at myself in the mirror, taking my shirt off, right? In fact, in fact I actually doing it naked, getting out of the shower. We're going there. Okay, we're going there, everybody. <laughs> but looking at myself naked, and this was part of my self-love like practice that as I got more comfortable with just like telling myself I love myself and telling myself, like I literally have these conversations in the mirror where I go, dude, you're doing great, buddy. Like you've really, you're working hard. You're trying your best. Even though you're, you know, you're making mistakes, and you're struggling in some areas, you're trying your best. And right, isn't that how you would talk to someone that you loved? Like talking to my daughter or my son. That's how I would talk to him. Hey, you're trying your best. Don't be so hard on yourself, right? I know, you know, you're not, nobody's perfect. You're doing your best. So talk to yourself that way. But anyway, I wanted to, here's the tangent that's a little weird. I get out of the shower and I looked at my body and normally like, here's what I realized. I've worked out like exercise, lifted weights, for how old am I? 39. So I probably started lifting pretty seriously when I was, I don't know, 19 or 20. So almost 20 years, I've worked out consistently. And I realized I've never been happy with my body. <laughs> right? Not never. There were a few times where I was really like in shit, you know, but for the most part, I'm always like, why isn't my chest bigger? Why can't I get that definition in my abs? 
why do I have this weird thing on my arm? Right? Like, and I realized how crazy that is. And I'm sure many of you are nodding your head right now going, yeah, I exercise all the time. And I'm also not happy with my body. Like, that's crazy. Stop the madness, everybody, right? Like, so I started getting out of the shower and looking at myself and looking at my body and go, Hal, you've worked really hard to be physically fit. You look great. Like, I love my body, right? And I would say this. And at first, again, it felt weird. And I'm like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror naked and I'm telling myself I love myself. But it was a beautiful expression of self-love. And it took it from just like this mental thing I was trying to grab onto to a physical, right? Like physical self-love. So anyway, there's a little bonus tip. I encourage you in terms of your self-love practice to look at your body and love your body. Because guess what? And here's, here's by the way, if you're like, Hal, there's no way I can love my body. Like I'm 30 pounds overweight and I'm like, you're like, I haven't been working out. Like I've, I got no reason to love my body. Stop, stop that. Here's a different perspective. Love your body for the fact that it houses everything else, right? Like love your body for it serves you. It allows you to move through this world, right? You know, there's, I like Wayne Dyer's perspective that we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So however you want to look at it, right? Your body, your human body is what carries you through this life. So at the very least, even if you don't love the way you look aesthetically or whatever, you can love your body for simply all that it served you for your entire life, right? Think about if you didn't have it, right? That would suck. If you didn't have your body, I don't know what you'd do, right? You'd float around. I don't know what you do, right? So the fact that you have a body, right? That deserves your love no matter how it looks. So all right, that's all I'm going to say on that. Back to loving your life unconditionally. It begins as a mindset. So we have two pages to focus on. I Sorry, I totally got off on a tangent, but hopefully that was valuable for you. And hopefully many of you will be standing in front of the mirror naked, telling yourself how much you love your body. So hopefully that did not go by the wayside, did not go to waste. But back to these two pages. So put your hands back up, all right? If you're driving, don't put your hands up. You can look at the back of your hands on the steering wheel and pretend that you got the two pages, right? Got the page on your left that lists all the things you have to feel bad about. And the page on the right that lists all the things that you have to feel good about. And you can do whatever page you want. It doesn't matter. Right, left, doesn't matter. But here's the deal. People that are unhappy with life or that are you know negative, complaining all the time, they often justify their complaining by saying, I'm not negative. I'm just realistic. Right? I'm just not negative. I'm just realistic. And I say, BS. That's not true. Because think about it. How is it any more realistic to think about, focus on, dwell on all of the things on that page, right on that left hand, that you have to feel bad about? How is that any more realistic to than to shift your focus over to your right hand, over to that page that has all of the things in your life that you feel good about and dwell over there? Doesn't mean that you're in denial about the page on the left, right? That you ignore those things or no, 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 no. You acknowledge them. And in fact, you learn from them so that you don't make mistakes over and over and over like that. There's value to the, we'll call it the negative page, right? All the things that you don't feel good about, about yourself or your life or you know, other people in your life or whatever, right? That's all listed on that negative page on your left hand. The page on your right hand lists all the things you have to feel grateful for, that you feel good about, all of your accomplishments, all the things you like about yourself easily, naturally, all the people in your life, all the opportunities, all of your accomplishments, 
on and on and on. Both pages, by the way, are equal in length for the most part, right? Like there's infinite amount of positive things in your life that you can focus on, both past, present, and future. And there's an infinite amount of negative things that you can focus on in your life, both past, present, and future. Which you focus on determines the quality of your life, right? At least the way you feel about your life. You focus on the negative page, you feel negative. You see, man, I've made so many mistakes and I've got so many things going wrong and I'm not where I want to be, right? Yeah, acknowledge that, but don't dwell over there. Don't spend your time thinking about and focusing on and feeling bad about all the things in your life that you could feel bad about. Learn from them so you don't make the same mistakes twice, but then shift your focus over to the right hand. And by the way, I'm literally, if you were seeing me right now, I'm, I've got my left hand up in the air, my right hand up in the air. In fact, they're getting tired. They've been up for so long. But look at the right hand, all the things that you have to feel good about and live over there, dwell over there. Love your life unconditionally over there. And when I say love your life unconditionally, by the way, again, we have two pages to focus on, all the positive, all the negative. That means loving your adversity unconditionally. And how do you do that? Well, I think it was John Reese who said, every experience in life is an asset if you choose to see it that way. Every experience in life, both good and bad, is an asset if you choose to see it that way. And I'll give one more personal example from my life, but my car accident, the doctors thought I was in denial because I was so happy. You know, they thought, well, this is not normal. A 20 year old young man is being told he's never going to walk again. And he's like, all no, you know, no big deal. Happy, go lucky. They thought I was delusional or in denial. And what they didn't realize is I just went, no, well, I can't change that I was in this car accident. So I'm going to be the happiest, the most grateful person. I'm going to focus on basically all the positive things in my life. I'm still alive. My future is limitless. I have people around me that love me. Like these are all things that I can feel good about. Now, I also had broken bones, was being told I would never walk again, had permanent brain damage. My life as I knew it was never going to be the same, right? I was living in a hospital. Now, I could have, if I focused on all of that, and I I focused on it enough to accept it and be at peace with it, right? That's what you do with the page on the left hand. All the negative, you focus on it, you accept it, you let go of any negative feelings, and you're just, you're at peace with it. But you live on the right hand. You live focused on all the positive things in life. And then when I got cancer, when I was diagnosed with cancer, the day I was diagnosed, they told me I had a 30% chance of surviving. And I told my wife, she was scared and you know, reasonably so. And I was scared too. But I said, sweetheart, I have unwavering faith that this, this cancer will be the best thing that ever happened to me. My car accident was one of the best things that ever happened to me because it allowed me, it became my life's work. I learned a ton from it. I grew a ton from it. I became the person that I am today as a big, that was a big part of it. And it allowed, it became my life's work. It allowed me to help, I don't know, millions of people. And if it wasn't for the car accident, none of that would have happened, right? So I'm grateful for the car accident. And I said, this cancer, obviously I I couldn't predict the future. I didn't know if I was going to die. I just decided I chose to accept all the things on the left page with the cancer, right? All the negative. And I chose to dwell on and focus on and put my intention on the, all of the positive. And I just decided this is the best thing that the new and improved best thing that ever happened to me. And it has been. A, I, I'm alive, which, you know, knock on wood and thank you, God. And I'm very grateful for that. But also I learned more from that journey. I became a better father. I became a better husband. 
I feel like I'm a better leader and I'm a better me because of that adversity. But not just because of the adversity. This is what's important. It's that lens of loving your life unconditionally, right? You've got to apply that to adversity and only then can it become the best thing that ever happened to you or, or just even a positive, right? You don't have to call it the best thing that ever happened to you. I like to speak in extremes, I guess. But the point is that you've got to approach your adversity through the lens of unconditional love for your life in order for your adversity to become an asset. Because if you had go into your adversity and you go, oh, well, this sucks. This is terrible. This is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Well, then guess what? It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And you're right. It will be terrible and horrible and the worst thing that ever happened to you. If I would have gone into my cancer journey going, oh my God, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. I can't believe this. This is terrible. And I would have lived every day in fear. I would have lived every day feeling sorry for myself. That's just to me, no way to live. Adversity sucks, right? I mean, you know, a lot of times adversity sucks. So you might as well approach it through that lens of unconditional love for life and approach it by focusing on the right hand, all the positive things around the adversity. And then guess what? What you focus on is amplified. So when you focus on all the positive aspects of your adversity, those aspects are amplified. And those aspects, those positive aspects of your adversity, even when it's life and death, that becomes your reality. That becomes your reality. All right. So I think that brings us about to the conclusion of the podcast. Let me wrap these three components around unconditional love. Number one, love yourself unconditionally. That begins as a mindset, self-love, right? And it also should be carried out through your actions, which is self-care. The more you take care of yourself and do things that are good for your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical faculties and capacities, the better you feel about yourself and the easier it is to love yourself. And you might as well make it easy, right? And of course, the bonus tip was stand in the mirror naked, uh, in front of the mirror naked and tell yourself you love your body and look in the mirror, tell yourself you love yourself and then create that self-love affirmation, which is simply I am statements and just reaffirm everything you've done in your life, everything you've overcome, everything you feel good about, right? Just that right-handed page, right? List all the things that are right about you. Number two, love people unconditionally. It begins as a mindset of empathy and non-judgment because remember, if you had lived their life, good chance you would have done the exact same things, made the exact same choices, treated people exactly as they have. So you don't need to judge them. You don't need to condemn them. Just love them. And then also loving people unconditionally is carried out through your actions. And for me, and I encourage you to add as much value as you possibly can to every person you come in contact with. And that is true. And, and bring out the best in them and speak the best into them. That to me is how you unconditionally love and actively unconditionally love people. And then last but not least, love your life. Every aspect, every adversity, everything. Just go through life, loving life unconditionally. And it begins as a mindset, right? Because in life, we have those two pages to focus on. And they focus on all the positive in your life. Dwell on the positive, amplify the positive, And that just becomes your default way of thinking and, and living is to love your life because you're focused on all the things that you love about your life. When no matter who you are, we all have things that we don't love, things that we're not happy about, mistakes we've made, right? But if you focus on the positive, you focus on the things that you love, that becomes your reality. It is a self fulfilling prophecy. And the last thing I'll say on loving your life unconditionally is keep pursuing your dreams. 
right? Loving your life is amplified by constantly improving your life, by taking active progress, making active progress toward your vision for a life that you could love even more than the one that you are living now. I think that's about it. Goal Achievers, we got some exciting episodes coming up. I've already done some interviews with Brandy and Lance Salazar, co-authors of our new book, The Miracle Morning for Couples. That'll come out actually, I think, on Valentine's Day because that's the day the book comes out. So look out for that episode. It's very cool. The Miracle Morning for Couples, create legendary connection one morning at a time. And then I just interviewed Todd Herman, author of The Alter Ego Effect, which I can't even tell you. There's almost no one I've ever been as excited to interview than Todd because of that topic and how powerful it is. And I'll, that's all I'll say. It'll, it'll be out here uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, actually, I think next week. Anyway, until next time, Goal Achievers, I love you. You already know that, but I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in to Achieve Your, the Achieve Your Goals podcast again. It means a lot to me. And uh, I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. And I will connect with you and love on you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.